This generation under so much pressure Held to a standard impossible to measure Without guys, they suffer No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother Not the fin for the one in the mirror Self-image distorted, can't get no clearer Damn, lost souls devoured by the streets Ain't no fairy tales on yellow bricks By their feet, only crack vials and shell cases Looking for hope, but All right this is the Liberated Minds Podcast, where the mindset is pivotal, the discussion is digital, the mission is critical. We are your hosts, Reese, there's Kay, and that's James, and here we go. All right, so today, as always, we like to spotlight um, Black businesses and Black artists. Um, today, we're actually going to spotlight two queens. The first queen is a very talented comedian and a great all-around person. Her name is Just Niche. That's J-U-S-T-N-E-S-H. You've probably seen her on True TV and Comedy Central. And now she has her Patreon up and rolling. She will be posting all of her exclusive comedy content, content as well as weekly Just Ask Just Niche sessions, virtual comedy sh- uh, shows, behind-the-scenes footage, celebrity interviews, and more. You can sign up now for a small monthly fee. And you can choose which tier you uh, want to sign up for, depending on the content that you like to see. You can sign up now at patreon.com slash just niche comedy. Uh, the next sister is um, she runs Simply Maconda, which is uh, an amazing baked goods service that hits the spot, whether it's cookies, cakes, pies, or cheesecake. It's simply made with impeccable taste. You can follow her on Instagram at Simply Maconda. That's S-I-M-P-L-Y-M-I-C-O-N-D-A. All right, so today's topic, um, once again, very infuriating. And um, we're just going to touch on the recent murderous attacks by police against our people, the false alarms by a bunch of Karens, and this foolishness about the oppressors, uh, you know, being oppressed how does that sound um so let's just jump right in so is this really a sign of things getting worse or since everyone is at a standstill has a brighter light just been shined on the events i'll let you start that okay i appreciate that so you know Obviously, when I, I saw a picture of the video, was like, mm. unfortunately, it wasn't like no way did this happen because it happens all too often for us to be completely shocked by it. But with witnesses around, with the gentleman clearly saying, I can't breathe, which is it's to my in my bones, I, I feel that because of what happened years ago, and you know the callous murder that these cops executed. You know, you put your knee on the someone's neck; the neck is only but so strong. That pressure, someone can't breathe. We're all having difficult time breathing right now. Like that's especially with someone maybe had preexisting conditions, maybe he doesn't. But hey. I think it's hard to live when you have a knee around your neck and the cop didn't care. 
the other cops who were paid to serve and protect did not serve and protect a citizen of the United States. And what was his crime? Was his crime violent? Was it worthy of the violent um, the, the capture of him? The, the public execution that took place with witnesses recording this, saying we're catching all of this on camera. Fear that if they try to intervene anymore, that they also will lose their lives and they will not return back to their loved ones as well. However, I will say the reaction on this was swift. It, they, did get they, get, they did get fired. What should come next quickly is an arrest. And I can only think that it's because of the swift action of, of, um, of you know, the freedom fighters, freedom fighters that, that we know of, the fact that this was taped, the fact that this was made very public and it made the rounds very soon. That part is a good sign. But how many of our brothers and our sisters didn't have video for when they were executed? And no matter how much video that's shown on the ones that are executed, they're still not with us. So these losses that we're experiencing, they're really incalculable unless, and here's the unless, change has to happen or we're just taking losses for the sake of taking losses. Mm -hmm. I agree, hundred um, percent. This, uh, I mean, you hit every point I wanted to hit as well. Um, as far as you know, when more details came out, we found out that there were a total of four uh, police officers involved. Uh, three of them on his body. Uh, just knowing that there were three people on one. I'm trying to understand what what was out of necessity, what was needed to have the third officer on his neck. Like I said, um, this man could have some type of respiratory issues to where you're, you're putting him in an uncomfortable position where it's difficult to breathe. And then uh, another thing this has that, I mean, I'll just say it, this, this lie, this myth of the good officer, Right. So initially we thought there were two police officers involved. So I look at it from that standpoint, the vantage point we had. So we had, we had the bad officer and the good officer. The good officer did nothing. He stood there, um, literally chose to turn a blind eye and allowed this execution to occur. Um, this is, is this like the judge Dredd? He's the um, police officer judge, jury, and executioner. This is what's going on when it comes to us. There's no, like you said, what, what type of crime, even if it were a violent crime, we've seen what happens when somebody goes in and shoots up a black church. They get taken to Burger King to get a meal. They don't even get it so much as a scratch. So how is it you can detain somebody for taking, I think it was nine lives that day. Hmm. Someone killing nine lives and then you have this guy, I think it was forgery, they said, was the case. And so forgery warrants death. So, like I said, this, is, this, is, this goes back to our whole thing of equality. What, what is equality? If somebody can go in and kill, kill us out of hatred, 
and they can still be treated in a humane manner in which they get arrested. Why is it when we're doing something, first of all, that's covered by insurance, I'm not excusing his crime. But my whole point is, that's what insurances are, are in place for. And at the same time, why couldn't he be dealt with humanely? That's that's what I want to know. And this whole good officer talk, we, we need to get rid of that because I see it like this. These officers stood by and let this occur. If I were to go out with somebody and they committed a crime and I'm just there, even though I don't partake in it, guess what? I'm going to be charged as well, an accomplice. So this is what needs to start occurring with these officers, in my opinion. That's all I need to say on that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you, you pretty much, uh, y'all, y'all hit all the points for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go back to a point that Reese made about um, recording. Um, now, recording is all fine and well because, unfortunately, sometimes this is the only way we see the crime occurring. But when will we decide to put the phones down and actually step up for each other, mm-hmm. even if it may? result in that ultimate sacrifice. Mm. Mm. That's that's a good question. Um I think I think we we're afraid to a degree when it comes dealing with um dealing with our own because there are instances where I've seen videos nothing specific, just in general. I've seen videos um, where there's been altercations in public and it may be between um, a black and a white person where as the black person may be the agitator and the other black people stepping on the behalf of the white person that's victim in that situation. But I notice how quick we are to check our own. But when we aren't in the wrong and you have those police officers come in and bully, that is all we do. We're like paparazzi. They know we're not going to do anything. And that's why they continue to do this. As a matter of fact, I believe there was a video of um, a playground. I think it was like in Texas about a month ago since we've been on lockdown uh, with this um, quarantine stuff with COVID. But there was um, a situation where it was in a, the white suburbs where all these people were at the playground. Police officer came there and was telling people they wants this ban. Guess what? They cussed that man out. That police officer didn't reach for no weapon. He didn't He didn't call any of them out their name. And as a community, all those people stood up against that one police officer and all went home that day. None were arrested. Whereas we see them doing something wrong and all we do is talk from a distance. Um, this is where groups such as the, the Black Panthers and even uh, Fruit of Islam would be, they, they would be necessary to do like neighborhood patrols for situations like this. So whereas you do have those people that are trained in combat to deal with situations such as this and just their presence alone is enough to make the, the police take, you know, a double take on what they're gonna do with that situation. Because I think the average person feels as though they have too much to lose as, you know, maybe employment. They don't want to get that that criminal record. So they have a lot of stuff on their mind. That's why they don't necessarily intervene. I think it's out of fear of, I won't be able to provide for my family. But we do have people 
who are in situations and are trained to deal with situations such as these. Yeah, um, <clears throat> exactly as Kay said, they, they do have, in, in my research of uh, Riza Islam and the Fruit of Islam, they, they do have those sects, they do have military training, and there's other groups in, in, within the nation, uh, within America, but also the nation, that, that are well-trained, well-organized um, at defense of black people and black communities. Um, so that that may be an avenue. That's cert I feel that's certainly an avenue. More people would have to get involved uh, to make this uh, an even an even greater nationwide thing. To where there's a chapter in, in every in every city where there's a black presence in every in state, town, etc. To make it a viable oh we we have a, a more viable thing so people like movement can happen like that like when uh the young man Ahmaud Arbery uh was murdered um at weeks after justice there was a group that came out black group that came out to the neighborhood that he was killed in they were well armed they were well disciplined and they they were out there standing their ground asking questions etc cetera, etc cetera. so it, it, it's certainly out there but like Kay said, it's that fear. It's that fear. I might get arrested. might not be able to provide for my family. I might not come back to my family because we already know how cops do. And if we cross that line, there's nothing to protect us. Hey, guess what? There's nothing to protect you anyway. There's nothing to protect you anyway. All it takes is one agitated cop to say, you know what? I don't like the fact that you're recording me. I'm going to do something about this right now. Exactly. Or, okay, you recorded me. I'll get your information. Something's going to happen to you down the line. Like, there's just so many ways that for them in their mind that they, they have so much to lose. Perhaps as an individual, perhaps thinking of the family unit, perhaps even thinking in a larger group, hey, if I do this, there might be more repercussions to my, to what I perceive as my community down the line, et cetera, et cetera. And also it's that sense of, for, for some, I feel it's that sense of, if it doesn't happen directly to me, then it doesn't really affect me. So I'm not going to do anything about it. And then further still, there's learned helplessness. Yo, this does affect me, but what can I, one person, do about this? Nothing. So I will be sad. I'll be angry. I'll post about it on Facebook, say SMH, and then I'll move on to the next TikTok challenge or something. Yeah. See, I feel this all comes back to um, us needing to police our own neighborhoods because... If you send outsiders or people that already have a preconceived stereotype or prejudice against us to try to maintain order in our neighborhood, they're going to be easily agitated just at the sight of you. I remember um, in like 94, uh, Dr. Matulu Shakur and Tupac Shakur, they came up with a thing called the Code of Thug Life. And it was these rules for the drug dealers, gang bangers, 
and all the people that were involved in that lifestyle that they had to follow. It was like no slang in between the hours of um, 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. No slang to anybody younger than this age or no pregnant sisters. It was like a bunch of rules that policed our neighborhood and it kept not only the, you know, upright citizens in order, but it also had rules for that, you know, the drug dealers and the gangbangers and all that. And before that could even uh, be put in place, all of a sudden, a rape charge for Tupac sent him to jail. And then when he got out, nine months later, he was dead. So, like, those kind of laws, if we had those in place in our neighborhood, we could police our own neighborhoods and it would keep them out unless they're coming they're coming to purposely hunt us down. Then that's another thing. But if we had a set of rules or laws and we had the leadership in place to make sure that this happened and we were able to sit down with all the different leaders of whatever gang set or whatever to keep everything in order, no way that they will be allowed to come in and just massacre us. So, yeah, that's my uh, my take on it. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it, it does have to start with with us because um, I mean, what what's the significance of a block captain nowadays? Hmm. Somebody tell me. Hmm. Block parties. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> And wear orange vest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you have um, communities where they have like a, a, a neighborhood um, representative that will literally take any issue, like in an HOA, for, mm-hmm. for example. In an HOA, you'll, you'll have like a HOA president within that, within that neighborhood whatever issues the community has, they go present it to a board and therefore it goes forward to like the mayor of the town and guess what? Action is done. It's just that um, I think sometimes with us, we feel as though, um, I don't know if it's, oh, this process is gonna take too long or we already are admitting defeats such as, you know what? Like Reese pointed out, yeah, what can I do as one person? But like I said, it's not one person we're trying to to come in as. It's strength in numbers. And like I said, that one representing you like like how a politician does in a Congress, um, one person representing this district, he has voices behind him. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, that you definitely need to have somebody represent the community. We have to go back to police in our own community. And um, I think this, this has me thinking now with the whole, you know, we had that no snitching policy as well. So I don't know if that gets entangled with with these situations as well or, or what is the case, but I think um, there has to be some type of codes that we start adhering to once again, because when we were adhering to codes, even in the drug game, they were adhering to codes at one point. Like you pointed out, and and all of that's been wayward. So now look, look at the end result. 
Yeah. So it's like, all right, we have to condition ourselves to adhering the codes once again, and maybe we'll see some progress. Yeah, definitely. And speaking on the, uh, the no snitch thing, people don't even understand that if you're a lawful citizen and you see a crime happening and you report said crime, that's not snitching. Snitching is when you're involved in the crime world and you see a crime happening with another person involved in the crime world, and then you go tell. If you're not involved in that lifestyle, you're not snitching. You're doing what you're supposed to do to keep your community safe. It's been, it's been this confusion over the years, but it's like, it's not snitching. If, you try, if you're trying to keep things safe for you and your family, your children, grandchildren, whatever, and you're not involved in that lifestyle, it's just not, that's not snitching. So, yeah, you're just a concerned citizen doing your job at that point, doing your duty. Exactly. Like I don't know where the mix-up happened that that became snitching just for somebody. If if I'm not in the drug game and I see somebody outside my house doing something that's part of the drug game, I can't be snitching because I'm not in business with you. I'm mm-hmm. not partaking in what you're doing. So it's like, yeah, it's that mindset, but people need to get their definitions and understand what's what. Exactly. Definitions are important. So important. Um, hmm. Well, to touch on the, it's, so you usually, usually taught the game by OGs. OGs pass it down to the younger generation and so on and so on. But, you know, what happened is there was a war placed on us. So a lot of the OGs that would have been in place to impart the wisdom and the knowledge and the actual codes weren't around when the younger generation started to take hold and take power. And rules got rules got changed. Rules got switched up. Things snitching became in like it's <laughs> it became a whole different code. And a lot of the ethics and morals that were developed by them, in my opinion, went by the wayside because, mm-hmm. you know, they were sent to the prisons or sent to the graves. And they had, they, they found a way to get that next generation up and running because they saw all the trappings of success without really understanding how to turn this <laughs> money that you're getting into something bigger, better, and greater and invest more in that community, which you, which you are a part of. So Mm -hmm. I I think a lot was lost in that transition. Yeah, definitely. Crack cocaine, mass incarceration, Mm -hmm. the actual definition of snitching, Um, Mm -hmm. the increase of informants, which is all part of the snitching thing. Mm -hmm. Like all that played a big part. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, to pivot for a second, because we you did mention it at the top of the show, we you wanted let's we should get into the uh, the Central Park incident. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, do you think that maybe introducing new laws mm-hmm. uh, would discourage the Karens of the world from um, making these false calls and? you know, trying trying to get us lynched and murdered by the police. Because you know you know how they come charging in once that call is placed and they say, 
anything like, oh, he's threatening me. Oh, he's coming at me. Oh, mm -hmm. like all these different things to make us seem so monstrous and so like, you know, vicious. Oh, and can, oh, can I ask something then? All right. So do you gentlemen think there would have been a different outcome to that Central Park incident if the cops had responded as quickly as she hoped they did? Because they never came, uh, as far as I saw in the video. And I feel like when she realized they were not coming, there was a different story. But what, like, do you think something different, there would have been a different outcome had cops arrived at the scene? Most definitely. That, that was her whole intent. Her intent was he was either going to be arrested or killed. That's why she said, I'm going to call and I'm going to let them know there's an African-American man here threatening me. That was her exact New word. York City. <laughs> yeah. exact words. It's like, um, like I mean, we, we all know what happened to Emmett Till with false mm -hmm. accusations. Mm -hmm. So um, going back to James' point that, yes, I do believe that there needs to be some type of we would always say, oh, this person is filing a false um, police report or claim. So why isn't there anything for false accusations? I'm not talking like defamation, not, not civilly. I want something criminally done in situations such as these mm -hmm. where there's no ground to stand on. She was in, as a matter of fact, she was in violation of the law. That's why the man was pointing it out to her. And thankfully, he covered his ass by recording the whole conversation. And then you saw exactly how she went up there and played victim. And um, it just, it could have been an unfortunate situation. Um, I mean, the, I see what the social media outcry did. They put the pressure on her job to where, my whole background's acting crazy, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. To right. where um, she was able to go ahead and they were able to go ahead and distance themselves from her and fire her, but I don't think that's enough. I, she'll, she'll get another job in no time. From what yeah. I understand, she was some executive there, so I'm sure she has uh, connections to where she can get a job at the next place in a month after this is quiet down. But I need something. She needs a stain on her record to follow her for life like it does us anytime we get into some petty shit. And that's the way I feel. Excuse the language. No, that's cool. I, I definitely agree because what she ultimately did was she weaponized her whiteness. So she knew, she knew the possible ramifications of what she was doing and what the end result could be. But that didn't matter at the time. She just wanted to be right. That's all that matters is that she wanted to be right in the moment and white, but she wanted to be right in the moment and take this man down. And when she was proven wrong, she played victim. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can't be an aggressor and, you know, come out all boldly. Yeah, this African-American man is coming at me and uh, I, f I fear for my life. And then when you're proven wrong, you can't just switch it and play the victim and not have any kind of penalty or punishment for it. That's that's not just it can't it can't go down like that because as you as we've seen over these past few years this has been a recurring theme and this mm -hmm. is inspiring more people to come out and do the same thing and it's like it's some kind of 
Power Rangers Megazord thing, like as our whiteness combined, you know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. Ah. Like <laughs> they're becoming like a a, a Megazord <laughs> with their like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy, like how they know exactly what they're going for. Like they know if they say they're calling the cops, they watch. They all watch the news. They know nine times out of ten the cops gonna show up and kill this guy. Mm-hmm. It's a dog whistle. Yeah, and it's like you don't. It don't even have to go that far. Like if we go back to that one incident where the guy was waiting for his friend to come, and then there was the guy with his uh, child, and the child had more sense than the guy than, than their dad. Mm-hmm. They were just like, "Come on, dad, no, this isn't right. Let's just mm-hmm. go. This isn't right." And because he was so enraged, and his you know. His his <laughs> whiteness <laughs> armor was all you know fully glowing and fully energized. He just wasn't listening to his child, and he ended <laughs> up looking like a fool. Yep, I remember that. I remember Which is the very interesting thing with the advent of social media and the fact that everything gets recorded. How they don't realize that they're going to end up looking not only very bad from this, but you know, if you're not a cop, a lot of times you'll suffer some real life consequences, such as losing your job and, and, and taking it to your reputation, because they'll get on you and they'll circulate it. And sure, there might be a group that supports you, but there's still there's going to be a large group that are like, hey, you're wrong, you're evil, you're bad, you're a Karen, you're et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they, and it just seems that it doesn't stop them at all. It doesn't slow their roll at all. They're like, camera's on, I'm going to perform, and perform they do. Uh, but, you know, you just think how many times, you, you mentioned earlier the, the Emmett Till thing. That's one, one egregious and just uh, evil version of what keeps happening. Hey, a black man whistled at me. Some lady drowns her kids in a bathtub, throws them in the river, whatever. A black man kidnapped my child. A black man broke into my house. A black man did this. A black man did that. And it's it's like, wow, we are the boogeyman when history doesn't bear that out. <laughs> it, does, it just doesn't bear that out. So the narrative and the truth don't match, but it doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, there should be consequences, criminal consequences to this. Yeah. But I will say this. I, I just, that group, and I'm not, I'm, we're, I, I hope our audience always knows who exactly we are talking about. We're talking about, we're not saying 100% of anybody is anything. We're saying specifically the group that do these sort of things, they, uh, they largely escape without consequence. And that's 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 the uh, furious part. So, the only time when law seemed to, <laughs> okay, let me walk this back a little bit. Marijuana has been, up until recently, a very legal drug in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. As far as the population in prison for marijuana charges, seems a bit disproportionate to people of color, both black and brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's laws in place that should apply to everyone in this given case, and we're painfully made aware that no, it's different. Application of the law 
Devil's in the details, always. You gotta, you gotta remember two things. They're both blinded by their privilege and shielded by it. Hmm. I'm just very glad the brother made it home alive uh, to tell his story. I listen at this point. I take that as a victory every time one of ours make it home alive from an encounter like that. So. Cause that could have gone very, very wrong. That could have gone very wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't know personally if I would have been able to handle it with the calmness and the maturity that he showed. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing knowing to control, knowing when to control your emotions in situations such as that. Um, because I guarantee the whole narrative would have been changed. Uh, Cause they would have said, Oh, well, look at the way, like we always see this in police encounters, AKA situation with uh, Sandra Brown. Look at the way she was foul mouth speaking to him. Uh, what kind of family was she raising? That's not how you speak to authority. Had that man called her out her name the minute she started uh, with her with her nonsense, they would have flipped the whole narrative. And they would have said, really? see, you don't know what, what occurred prior to him recording that. I always hear that. You don't know what happened before that. <clears throat> But anytime there's a situation and police come looking for a surveillance tape, how come that's never, oh, it's on the tape. It, it happened that way. That's the way it occurred. You see it on the tape. But anytime it's coming from our perspective, it's, well, you don't know what happened before they started recording. So, like I said, they're, they're real quick. They, they, it's, it's repetitive. Honestly, it's repetitive in the way it occurs. Um, another thing Reese pointed out was, in the case of officers getting caught in nonsense like this, uh, what was his name? Darren Wilson, when he when he murdered Michael Brown. Like I said, they get fired or whatever the case is. But look, his GoFundMe was what almost a million dollars. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a lot of money. It it doesn't and GoFundMe allowed that. That's that's another thing you have to keep in mind. These mm-hmm. platforms, <clears throat> these platforms allow other. Um, they allow these people to have lifelines. So like I said, you like you said, how is it you see someone recording you and you still want to act a fool? Well, it's because you know you have multiple lifelines. You don't know what relative she has. Like I said, she was an executive. Her networking is probably crazy. She knows, okay, I can lose this job. I'll just be transferred here or I'll go here. It's like a Catholic priest. They know it's against the law. They know it's against God's law, but they still do it because they know at the end of the day, I'm not going to be punished for it. I'll be transferred. So this is exactly what these people do. They get into their mode. You're in your country. This is their country at the end of the day because guess what? They write the laws. And until there's more of us in a position to modify those laws, this is their country. That's the way I view it. Because what say do we have? We can, we can cry a lot. We can complain a lot. But they have the ultimate say. And this is what occurs. They have these jobs where they can say, you know what? Come on down this way. I got you. Don't worry about that. That's just a blemish. In a couple months, people will forget all about that. And that's exactly what happens. We need to keep a database of these people. And we need to have, like you have Facebook memories. We need to have real life memories. Every few months, remind people, this person, are they around? Are they at your company? All right. They need to be fired. That's how we have to do it. Because these people just can't go on business as usual. 
Meanwhile, we have uh, loved ones who have died because of their lies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Because of their lies. Yep. So that, that kind of brings me to the next question I have. So when will marching and forgiveness run its course? <laughs> and when will it ultimately just be you attack one of us, we attack you? Because ultimately, that's what it's going to come down to. Honestly, throughout, throughout our history here, throughout our history in this land, when has that been the case? There's been literally ripping families apart, breaking husbands in front of wives, raping wives in front of husbands, drowning babies, using them as alligator bait. When have we gone on the attack? If that didn't make us go on the attack, what will? Yeah, that's a good point, man. Because it's like, we're always so quick to forgive. You remember the brother, um, <laughs> uh, Botham. Oh, my he, God. He, oh. Hugged her, he hugged her in front of oh. everybody. And I'm like, yeah, you going to hug this? You going to hug her? Oh. And then the judge oh. came down was like fix, fixing her hair. And I'm like, uh, what world are we living in mm-hmm. that this is okay? Like, I don't get it. Like, I understand that people say forgiveness is for you and not for the other person, but that's on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Not when we con- we're constantly being, you know, destroyed. For and that forgiveness like, was definitely, definitely for that for that officer. It wasn't for them. That they did that for her. They did that to make her feel better and make exactly. her feel like, oh, this is so. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, not in that case. They, yeah, because no. she was. What happened was, she was quick to play the victim. The verdict came out. What did you see? Tears. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the tears made mm-hmm. everybody be like, oh. Let's love her, even though she's a thug and a murderer. Let's go. Let's go love her and fix her hair and make sure she's she's all pretty and everything for the camera. Really, like mm-hmm. we would never get that kind of treatment after we were found guilty no. of murder. Mm-mm. And it, and that's what they pointed out. They said, "How many times has that judge come down and and stroked the hair of somebody?" Of um, one of somebody who was just convicted of murder, found guilty. How many times did that occur? It's just a reoccurring thing, like you said, with this whole apology thing. Yeah, because she she even had something smart to say about the witness that ended up getting killed for some fraudulent reason. She she said, oh, "I'm surprised he showed up." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Really?" That's because she was in on that. I think they threatened that man. And how that was swept under the rug so so quickly, it still amazes me. Yeah, they, yeah, the whole the whole story didn't make sense, and I'm like, this this just shows like we got no kind of sustainability with our unity. Mm-hmm. Our unity has a time limit on it, and when that time runs out, everybody just moves the hell on mm-hmm. and just forgets about it. But it's like. You think about all the different atrocities, all the different conspiracies, yes, because it's conspiracies because a lot of people just leave it alone, but it'd be some strange circumstances behind it. Like, Mm -hmm. 
it can't this can't constantly happen and then we're just supposed to be like oh that's not really what happened you just you just crazy you know it's it's not that you can't we need to stop minimizing each other if we have something to say listen at least listen that's all you gotta do after you listen with an open mind that's all you have to do is just listen don't don't hear to respond actually listen to the words i'm saying and then take it in absorb it and then whatever your response is after that is fine but we need to give each other a chance to speak because a lot of the stuff that's going on don't make sense just like we want, we're here right now doing this show because we want people to hear us speak they want we want them to absorb everything we're saying and yes take it to heart mm-hmm. and just you know try to change or realign your your thinking because you can't be so quick to downplay what your brother and sister has to say, but then you uplift every other person. Mm-hmm. It's like our ice is the same as their ice. Their ice isn't coated in our ice. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Reese, you're about to say something. I'll let you go. No, no, no. Okay, go ahead and rock. Because it, it may it's changing gears because it's all related. It's like case in point. What what was said last Friday? Joe Biden, we saw him run his mouth. <laughs> and look at, like I said, I, I'm, I know it's a partisan thing, but I guarantee it. I just know, let that have been a Republican. The same people backing Joe Biden on that statement would have been condemning that Republican mm-hmm. for that statement. And I, like I said, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Screw politics because this is my motto. Democrats and Republicans all own slaves. Mm-hmm. So they, they ain't worried about us. They ain't worried about us. So what we need to do is we need to stay consistent on it. And we can't have, we can't have others just saying so quick to forgive or make excuses for what somebody makes, um, what other people make about us, statements that we know don't even begin to make sense. But we're so quick to just forgive others, but ourselves will condemn, will condemn. Like, um, case in point, and this, this is another, this is another thing because it, it boils down to religion, mainly. Louis Farrakhan, you have a lot of brothers and sisters that, that don't rock with him based upon, I know his religious um, beliefs. Whereas when he speaks, he's speaking on behalf of us and for the benefit of us. But you'll have some, it's great division based upon what he is um, when it comes to religion. So they're not concentrating on his message. It's, it's mainly, oh, well, he's not Christian, therefore he ain't speaking on my behalf. And you'll have, you'll have these evangelicals who'll say all this, but guess what? Actions speak louder than words. And we've seen that now. We're seeing more and more of it now. So it's like, okay, you're, you're putting your religion ahead of your identity. And at the same time, I've seen how you can easily forgive somebody who's done something so heinous, literally killed your brother, and you come there and say, here's my Bible, I forgive you. Please give me a hug. I want to be friends with you. Like, 
this is the psyche is so damaged. It's mm-hmm. so damaged. That's why it's like I I don't I don't want to be one that says I've lost hope, but at the same time, nothing is surprising. Nothing surprises me nowadays when something like this occurs and then we just we just chill out on it. We just chill out on it. So I I, I don't I don't know what it's gonna take. I don't know what it's gonna mm-hmm. take. No, that was all very poignant too. And that this is part of the reason why I'm part of this, right? Because I'm trying along with you guys, along with other others, I'm trying to develop this answer because we've basically been in every scenario mm-hmm. <laughs> and not, it hasn't worked to a degree, to the degree that any of us would be satisfied with at the very least and it's like well hey what's <laughs> what is it going to take and it's just it's it's a shame that you know people sometimes you you lose sight of the message because you're not enamored by the messenger especially when the messenger is so intelligent is very cogent and makes coherent and decent points and and there's something to be learned from them. But like you were saying earlier, James, people, people are so unwilling to listen to you that by the time you're speaking, they already have their speaking points to contradict and counteract whatever you're saying with in, out of your mouth without actually taking it in. They're just taking it to the point to, okay, let me see how I can disagree with you. And it's, the religious part to me that that is very disappointing because there there should be nowhere in religion that says that that gets in the way of you wanting better for your people as a whole your tribe your group and there's unfortunately to me too many of us that don't see us as part of the same tribe do religion due to location of birth, due to so many just things that are not going to matter because the cop is going to have his foot on your neck, whether you are this, that, or the other. Straight, gay, Christian, Muslim, identifies anything like that's, there's oppression happening. And it's not happening to some of us. It's happening to some of us directly, but it's happening to all of us. And that's, that should be the rallying point mm-hmm. and yet but i have not i have not lost hope because i want to make things better for our future generations and their generations and that means if we got to do the dirty work like our predecessors did they did the sacrifice then let's find a way to let let's let, let's get into it. Let's let's try it. Let's dig. Let's we need if we need to we need if 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 the Democrats and Republicans can find some ways to work together sometimes, I think people of the same race should be able to. No, hey, I don't agree. I think this person's the best. No, I think this person's the best. All right, hey, guess what? Cops still want to shoot us both. So we there's commonalities there. There's mm-hmm. commonalities there. And that's 
where we have to find that. We have to find that. We have to find unity somewhere. We don't have to be lock and step. I'm sure the three of us aren't lock and step with every little thing. We agree on a lot of the principles, though. Right. And that's what's important. That's how we can work together. That's how we can come together. Because, I, you know, I know... I, I know you two aren't interested in just saying, and this is what's wrong with the black community. All right, goodbye. No, we're here to to find ways to make things better for us, for them, for our for our for our future generations and, and now and now. So, you know, I have not I, I have not and I will not give up hope. But I right now don't have that like that 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 magic pill, that formula. I, I don't. But that's why I'm here. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to put have my input. We're we're willing to learn from people who've been fighting for this longer than us and some people that are coming in and have like fresh ideas and fresh ways to look at it, don't have our same um you know, views on, on, on things because they haven't, you know, faced the same hurdles we have so far just yet, but maybe they face different hurdles. So yeah. I'm here for all of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, everyone tuning in, this is the starting point of this conversation. Just carry it on with your friends and family. And, um, you know, maybe someday we can get to that point where we find the answer. And also remember, watch the Liberate Mind show or you ain't black. Ah. This generation under so much pressure Held to a standard impossible to measure Without guys, they suffer No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother Not the fin for the one in the mirror Self-image distorted, can't get no clearer Damn, lost souls devoured by the streets 